I was thinking about bottling out tonight and then I suddenly remembered. <laughs> oh, they're going to ask formally. <laughs> so, uh, I'm just aware that last night was, a, was quite a late night, and so a short night, let's say. And I'm feeling quite tired tonight, I don't know about you. So, uh, <laughs> so I was going to speak about the whole thing, which I'm not going to speak about tonight, because I'm a little bit too tired to be able to convey it in a way that will really, um, I think that it will really be taken in. And, and because it's precious, I'm going to save it for another time. Um, So I'm just going to speak about what what comes to me instead. I just, I just it's actually during the meditation that I realised no, I'm just too tired to to give that talk I was going to give. So I'll just uh, speak about what comes to me now. So the you know, the Buddha's teaching is is uh, extensive and all-encompassing, really, and subtle and deep, profound, applicable. And you know, if you if you look at the the scriptures, the suttas that have been passed down, you know there are there are volumes. There are great big thick books, and there are not quite so thick books, and there are a few thin books, and there are lots of them. So all of the these teachings that are that are put across in many ways, you know, they they are. Uh, they're extensive, and and yet there are these little nutshells. You know, you can say, well, you know, what is the Buddha's teaching in a nutshell? So, one that's been ca- coming up in my mind during the the sitting this evening is is this uh, it's very simple and profound uh, essence of the Buddha's teaching which is uh, nothing whatsoever should be clung to as me and mine. Nothing whatsoever should be clung to as me or mine. It's very simple, isn't it? Oh, I've sort of re- been reflecting on it during the meditation. It's like, how come we're not all enlightened? You know, it just seems <laughs> <laughs> so simple. And yet... The the clinging is is uh, it can be very strong, you know, it can be very coarse and, and overwhelming, and it can be very very subtle and and tricky. It can it can find its way in in all kinds of awkward ways, where we we might even think that we're, um, you know, that we're we're cultivating something wholesome when actually what's happening is we're cultivating something. I hope I said that right. We might think that we're cultivating something wholesome, yeah. Well, in fact, it's unwholesome. You know, the intention is like we're, we're criticizing or judging ourselves. So there are two very simple practices to help loosen the uh, the attachments. And one we spoke of quite a bit already, which is the practice of loving kindness, practice of metta. And 
I know sometimes people think metta is like a, it's like a sugar coating over life, you know. Or you practice metta and you kind of float around in a pink cloud, you know. <laughs> but it's much more real than that. So metta, it, 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 it channels through our heart. It comes into us, through us. It, it pushes and breaks up those rocks that I was speaking about. Those rocks of cynicism and self-judgment and fear and resentment. It, it breaks them up just like water breaks up rocks in a river or wears them away. And, uh, you know, if you're able to let it come in and irrigate the, the heart. So, f- first of all, we can cultivate a, a, a beautiful garden here in our own hearts. And also can let that metta flow out for the benefit of beings. And this isn't just a kind of a sweet, lovely thing, you know. It is a powerful force, metta. It is a powerfully transformative force. And uh, you know, two of the, the strongest forces that pull us in the wrong direction are greed and aversion, or greed and hatred. And greed and hatred is kind of the the, the, the the umbrella terms, you know, they, they can, there's many nuances that can come, come under those umbrellas of, uh, you know, from, from intense hatred to just like a subtle wanting to push away or from intense lust to just a kind of like, hmm. So, uh, meta, well, both greed and hatred now they 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 begin from a wrong assumption, so they begin from this place of i this is me, this is me here, and this is mine, and that's all of you out there, and maybe I want something from you, so I'm going to try and get what I want from you to make me whole again. And I I can do that, and I maybe do it a a hundred times, but I don't feel whole. I still feel that that lack. Because the the basic delusion is there of of me, this me that's, that's separate in the world. And uh, with hatred, you know, it's that like, I'm here and no. I don't want that. I don't like that. Pushing that away. And of course, there's there are, there's healthy aspects of these. You know, like we need to eat and drink and you know have good good friends and so on. It's not like you 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 become a like a little bored in the middle of life, not not responding. And also, there are times when it's really appropriate to to say no to people. Healthy boundaries. But uh, but healthy boundaries is different to aversion. It's actually coming from wisdom. Whereas aversion is like, yuck, I don't like that, don't want that. I want to destroy that. It might be something outside of ourselves or it might be ourselves. I can't bear to live with myself. 
It was those famous words of Eckhart Tolle, wasn't it, just before he woke up, I can't bear to live with myself. It's like, I can't bear to live with myself. Mm. I can't bear to live with myself. Who, who is there? You know, who are these people? <laughs> so, uh, but we can get into that place where we, we can't bear it anymore. We can't bear living with this person that we wake up with every day anymore. And there's a wish to annihilate. So these, uh, you could say, the forces of Mara, greed and hatred. And they come in many forms. And they can be directed towards ourselves and towards others. And towards also inanimate objects. And metta, metta is the most powerful force to counter those two poisons. Just by practicing metta, you're doing, you're bringing in a sense of love, kindness, friend, friendliness, it really means friendliness, friendship towards oneself and towards others. And, and, it's, and it breaks down that me and all of you out there story. And, and it becomes we. There's, so you can't really say where one starts and the other starts, or one, well, one starts and stops. It's, uh, there's a sense of us, we. It can be we in the room here, or we on this planet Earth, or we beings of the universe. <coughs> so metta breaks down the, the self and other and it also counters, you know, in doing that it counters greed because it's a, it's a generous act, metta is a generous act, it's sharing freely, lovingly for the benefit of all beings. And uh, sometimes when the mind is overwhelmed with hatred, it can be really difficult to generate the quality of metta. But usually what happens when, when there's you know, hatred in the heart, then there's also hateful thoughts in the mind. And so those thoughts are going on towards ourselves or towards others, sometimes both, if we're really in trouble. <laughs> and so we can, we can work at it there, countering the thoughts. May I, you know, like, instead of those thoughts of harm, just very, very simple. May you be well. May you be safe. May you awaken. You know, even even somebody we may detest because they they we see them as a cause of great harm. May you awaken. May you realize your true potential. So. It's a simple and powerful tool, metta, for countering these, these forces of destruction that can ravage our lives or quietly undermine our lives, like woodworm undermines a house. So we need to really Pay you know, be aware, pay attention, and check in. What's what's going on here? Is are those little voices? Are they just quietly influencing me? You know, 
those little voices of aversion or greed? Are they quietly undermining the foundations of my practice? And uh, if they are, or even if they're not, um, you know, make effort to generate friendliness, metta. But the so the cultivation of metta is is powerful, and they say that you know, for those who have realised stream entry, come to the first first stage of enlightenment, um, it's like love. The practice of loving kindness is like a, a big leap over the next two la- levels of. Um, awakening. So you don't have to wait until you're a stream enterer before you practice metta. But if you happen to have it already, there may be some people in the room, then the practice of metta will will go leaps and bounds. Because you don't have to just kind of get into the nitty gritty of every um, wanting and not wanting. You just move into that space of generous interconnected loving kindness so I really strongly encourage everybody to to cultivate this take opportunity and if you feel like well I can't do it you know I don't I don't really have anything I'm just sort of dried up here you know and then take the time to to let it come in because the the heart, it's natural for the heart to receive loving kindness, friendliness. You know, every, every heart, every, every baby that's born wants to feel that. And uh, in every, every being, every human being, every living being wants to experience, needs to experience love and kindness. And it's sometimes we haven't we haven't received enough from the outside and maybe we never will but we can generate it right here we can generate it from the inside and share it with others and that is really transformative so the, the in the suttas the buddha talks about it talks about liberation through loving-kindness, liberation through um, compassion, liberation through um, altruistic joy and liberation through equanimity. But in the, if, you, if you look a little bit more deeply, you see that he's not actually talking about fully enlightened, full enlightenment. So there can be, through practicing these, these heart qualities, there can be a, a it's like the mind is liberated for a while from those poisons, and it's and it's a relief, you know, and it's beautiful, and it's and it's a blessing for the people around you. But it it won't, without the wisdom teaching, it won't do the 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 kind of full job. So we also really need to contemplate impermanence. It's very it's another very accessible teaching so the contemplation of impermanence impermanence of metta you know metta is a conditioned state we 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 put it where we put our attention you know if we put our attention on cultivating loving kindness then that will grow and it can be very powerful but if we're not paying attention 
then it's just sort of dormant there. And if we put our attention on change, on impermanence, on beginnings and endings, then it really in encourages the, the the process or the, the ability to let go. So it's, it's through wanting things to last or wanting things to to end more quickly, uh, wanting things to go away, wanting things to stay longer. This is where we're not really in touch with Anicca, with impermanence. Because all that arises passes away. So the beautiful arises and passes away. The painful arises and passes away. The loved arise and pass away. The feared arise and pass away. All, all of it arises and passes away. So you know, if we can re- remember to notice it's kind of tricky to catch the arising but uh, often we, we notice when something's already fully blown here then learning to stay with it and, and noticing the ending and even if we can't can't actually catch the ending of something noticing the the difference so it's like maybe a very strong urge is arising in a meditation you know when is she going to ring the bell and then there's that there, that kind of build up tension. And then it's getting more, and it's really intense. And then ding! <laughs> <laughs> Actually, nothing's happened apart from a sound. <laughs> <laughs> but it feels better. <laughs> so, uh, so then we can notice like tension, tension, aversion hatred <laughs> and then phew, freedom from hatred, aversion, tension. So just uh, to, to notice those, uh, you know, the arising, the, 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 the kind of activation, if you can get it, it's great if you can get the whole thing, but if you can't, just any way you can find it in the process. The, uh, the activation, the, the arising, the kind of... Um, high point or stress point or um, maximum point and then the settling and then there's the resting gone and then the next thing happens and this can be with um, with everything really it can be with it can be with you know wholesome states they do the same thing the practice of loving kindness itself—it's—it's it's, you know we start we sit down we're not thinking about loving kindness and then oh practice of loving kindness we start generating it's activated and then it it gets stronger and then it's there and it might stay in that place for quite some time you might be able to take it out and you know take it with you as you go and it's still there gener- radiating but then at some point it's going to fade and it'll be gone until we remember to generate it again. And uh, so with something like metta, we have to, we have to really put effort in to, to generate its wholesome quality. Unfortunately, 
you know, with the more unwholesome qualities, we don't have to put so much effort in to generate them. <laughs> they just sort of arise. <laughs> so, uh, but to to get to know them, you know, to get to know that there's something that's triggered, it it generates a thought and a feeling, and a and a story, and a me, and it's there and it's real, and then it starts to fade again, soften, end, change. Thankfully. So to use those two practices of of metta, generating the wholesome, and contemplation of impermanence in our, in any, any, at any time, you know, it's not it's not dependent on special conditions. Those two reflections. At any time, we can catch them, and and to be aware, you know, how it might be that we're we're wanting to catch that process, and maybe we catch it up here when it's at its kind of crescendo, and then we forget and we identify with it, and then. A little bit later on, we realise it's gone. Oh, oh what did she say about cessation? Oh, yes, yeah, it's, it's gone. And uh, and then we might start to say, "Oh, look at me! I'm I'm useless meditator. I'm hopeless. I can't I can't." You know, she explained that whole thing, and all I can do is notice when it's there, notice when it's gone. I can't get it. So then, what's happening there is we're we're falling into ill will. We're criticising ourselves. So we need to we need to know we need to kind of be really savvy in our practice and catch the the tricks of the mind. So instead of feeling um, like I'm a hopeless case, we can say, "Look at that! I noticed that it ended. That's great. This is a moment of awareness. This is a moment of clarity. This is good." And if I can notice that much, then maybe I can next time catch it a little bit earlier. And and to be really patient and uh, even a little bit playful and encouraging in your practice. So that it's like, you know, you're learning a new skill. And you know that when you've got that skill, it's going to be great. It's going to be, it's going to be fun. To be able to use that, and the the kind of clumsiness and the cutting your fingers, learning how to do it, will change because you've you've got a skill. So uh, that is the the kind of process that 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 line that I'm drawing in the air of you know all's well, nothing much going on, and activation, kind of crescendo, settling. And an ending back to the nothing much happening part is is uh, it's like the the process or the the movement of life really. So we get to know it. We can get to know it in the little things, and the more that we're able to be with that that ending, then the the safer it is to let go. It's actually always safe to let go, but the but it doesn't feel like it. So the more we get used to that, like 
and it's ended and, and maybe there's a little bit of oh it's ended and then it's and then it's gone. The more we get to know that ending, the uh the more familiar we are we become with just letting go. So we don't have to so we can let go at any point in that process. We don't have to actually wait until it comes to its cessation. There might be the activation actually it's kind of difficult on the on that way up the activation and the and the and the uh, kind of crescendo bit it's kind of difficult to let go there but it's not impossible if if what's happening is unwholesome and we remember oh, this is this is unwholesome this is not this is leading to my harm to the harm of others i'm going to drop it right there it, it can be done it's, it's difficult it takes a lot of effort but it can be done um, quite often we're already kind of, you know, maybe right at the top or on our way down again before we realise, oh, we can let go, we can let go. And then we're just with the ending of that process. So letting go isn't getting rid of. It's it's non-grasping. And I just, I just want to demonstrate, actually. So sometimes we think of the, you know, when we hear letting go, we think of it as getting rid of. So, this is grasping. I'm grasping this bell, what's it called? (laughs) Striker. Bell striker, thank you. (laughs) I'm grasping it really tight. And it seems like if I'm going to let go, it means I'm going to go let go, so then I don't have it anymore, or I might go. But one can also let go, the grasping, letting go. Still here, but it, I'm not grasping it anymore. So sometimes it's like that, you know, when the we let go of what's going on, but it hasn't finished yet. You know, the the um, the turmoil or whatever is still going on. But we're not grasping it, we're not identifying with it anymore. It's just, we just can allow it to go through its process and come to cessation. And then it's finished until the next time. So just to develop uh, dexterity with this, to, to, to gain confidence with this uh, practice of, of letting go, of knowing the the impermanence of things. So when we know that that everything changes well, I mean we can allow it to go through its process. We don't we don't say I'm a Buddhist and therefore I shouldn't be experiencing blah blah blah. We say Oh, this is this is arising. This is here. This is up for me now, and it's like this, and and it's overwhelming, and I I don't know if I can. And then we might be our mind might be flooded, but our body's still here. Okay, body's still here on the mat. Oh, that's good. That's good. Body's here on the mat, or maybe we're walking. Feet are on the ground. Okay, feet are on the ground. Mind is going crazy. Feet are on the ground. It's okay. It's okay. It'll it'll change. It'll pass. So uh, you know, the more we get to know that process, the more strength we have. The more 
confidence we have. And uh, gradually, gradually, the, the power of those forces of greed, hatred and delusion, they have less of a grip on us. So it can be that it takes years <laughs> of, of just like bearing with. I had a lot of, of delusion, I had a lot of kind of confusion and clouded mind and this kind of stuff. And uh, because of ways I'd behaved before I was a nun. And um, I would sit there as an, you know, in the monastery with fog, cloudy mind, fog, cloudy mind. And every now and again there'd be a little opening, and be like, oh, that's nice, I can think again, you know, that's great, you know. And then it would come back again. It went on for years. And I was fortunate to have a teacher at that time, Ashton Samedo, who had great faith in, in the power of, of awareness. And so to bring awareness to what was going on. And it, could, it sort of taught me the difference between being in that place of knowing. I always think of it as like being in an aeroplane. You're up in the aeroplane and you're looking down on the clouds and you know that that land underneath those clouds is experiencing rain and you know can't see the sun but just a little bit above the clouds all is bright and clear so awareness is like that so it's like uh, maybe the mind can't can't clear maybe it's foggy confused and the awareness knows that and it knows that clouds are impermanent so there's no problem. Or maybe there's uh, a great storm happening. And uh, if you go into the, if you're kind of around the edges of the storm, then you get thrown around. But there are two places you can go that are safe. One is to move above that storm and watch until it ends. And the other is to go right into the heart of it, into the centre of it. It's called the still point in the midst of the storm. And sit it out and feel it and let it batter you and be the awareness that is staying steady in the midst of that. And then it, at some point, inevitably, it will cease. And there you are, stronger for it. So, uh, so the practice of metta, take it to bed with you. The practice of loving kindness, and uh, know, you know, as you as you fall asleep tonight, cessation of one day. This is the ending of the day. Who knows? Tomorrow, who knows? And just uh, let that be part of your, your training in, in letting go. Just using the very simple things that happen each day. So I'd like to offer that tonight. Sadhu <laughs> <laughs> 
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.